right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here. Neil is here. Hello, Mr. Icarito. Hola, que tal? Si, muy bien. Uh, DJ Pi is here to answer questions yet again. Of course, Big Randy is not here to answer questions, but uh, he's here, here to stand trial for the sixth time, I believe. Mr. DJ Pi, hey, buddy. Hey guys, happy to be with you. Uh, what a great weekend! Had a great weekend. Ready to talk about it. Let's do it. A lot of lot of golf going on around the world. A lot to talk about. Uh, not the most, maybe not the most serious golf week I've ever experienced. You know, with the, the Mexico Championship presented by Vidanta or at Vidanta, excuse me. Uh, TC's got a lot to to kind of marry here between. You know, he wants to shit on Tony's win, uh, but it is a national open, so I, I do have to. Uh, I might have to walk across the hall here. Uh, and ask him about that. But I'll, I'll, I'll collect comment for him from him here shortly. This episode, of course, brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball in golf, and, of course, the choice of Mexico Open champ, Tony Finau, who plays the Pro V1 left dot. You know, the, the, the Titleist guys, they send us over, you know, some copy, and it's kind of like they do it in advance. Like, if Tony wins, here's what we're going to do. If Tony doesn't, here's what we're going to do. Don't need to do that when Tony's up near the lead anymore. Don't need to do an, an if situation. He's gonna hunt him down. He's gonna win. Like we've we've learned that. We we know that now. Uh, we're not we're not talking about anything else than wedges this week, though. I knew you were, of course, gonna roll out the uh, the video, the very thirsty video that you did of, hey Tony, can you please talk shit to my friends? Uh, I knew you were gonna do that. I noticed you didn't do it until he was pretty safe, safely through seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm Let gonna say. To I think end. that speaks. Let me get to the. End. That's I think not that speaks volumes. Say. That is not all you're going to say. You're going to have plenty to say. We're talking wedges this week. Vokey wedges, the most played wedges on the PGA Tour. Uh, get this, 55% of all the gap, sand, and lob wedges in play this week in Mexico. Where Vokey, as you are gearing up for the season, you owe it to yourself to take a look in your bag and check out those scoring clubs. Over time, grooves wear down. That can hurt your game more than you think. Worn grooves can result in the ball climbing up the face of your wedge, launching the ball high with less spin, which leads to unpredictable distance control and inconsistent spin. Here's some stats for you. 75 rounds of wear and tear can result in eight more feet of rollout on approach shots. That was kind of stunning news to me. 125 rounds of wear and tear can result in 15 uh, excuse me, 14 more feet of rollout, turning that two-footer uh, tap in into a 16-foot downhill slider. Uh, a little tip that I learned, never replace the grips on your wedges. Never regrip the wedges. If it's time to regrip them, it's time for new wedges because the grooves are worn down. Take that with you. I, I see, some, I see some, uh, some, some learned faces there. Getting dialed with your wedges with the correct loft, bounce, and grinds for your game and course conditions you play is one of the easiest ways to improve your short game. There are a number of ways to figure out which wedges work best for you. There's the wedge selector tool on Vokey.com, the wedge fitting app, which can be used both indoors and outdoors, or log on to Vokey.com and find a fitter or a fitting event near you. Dee, do you want to lead us? What's, uh, what's your reaction to, to Big Tone just stomping on uh, number one player in the world, John Rom's heart, like that? Yeah, I, I got to say, you got to, you know, at the end of a day like this, you got to tip your cap. Finau definitely beat the best in the world uh, and 151 other guys, right? There was, uh, he did beat the best player in the world. You got to give him that. And I'm, I'm a little torn, right? I mean, I, I'm going to start with uh, some growth. I'm going to start with some optimism. 
Uh, Finau looked fucking great today. Like every, he just looked awesome. He played a really, 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 really solid, nice round of golf. Did all the things right. He putted great all week. Uh, today was boring because he made it boring and he slammed the door in the way that you know we kind of always uh, always hope that he would. So I, I I'll eat all the crow you want. I'm I'm happy to uh, happy to atone for for you know some some previous takes. You know I'm happy for everybody to have their big moment that like oh you know there were a lot of people in the past said he might have had some trouble winning these things. You know sure happy to be that guy if that makes everybody feel better and everybody wants to uh, you know just ring around the rosy on this uh glorified corn tour if uh corn corn fairy tour event that's great have a good time uh Finau played awesome and uh you know i think we're uh, let's just start there let's start there neil what do you got to add uh well congrats to big tone you know i bet the let's get it pod's gonna be firing this week can't wait to tune in i know i i like tony i've i, I got no dog in this fight uh i've, I've kind of stayed in in and kind of a, a Swiss mindset on the on the uh, Tony stuff. I would like to recommend maybe a couple of nicknames for him, though. Maybe the the uh, the mule skinner, uh, the mule driver, <laughs> the you know m- maybe Juan Valdez, uh, because what is his six wins? And I think they're all just it just mule fests out no, there. No, and uh, not all. He won the Northern Trust. It was a playoff event. All oh, of those God. I there. almost was going to That's a limited that. field event. So, you know, that might be. No, like it was a, 125 that's a, that's a closed, guys. A closed loop system. No, but but the, a lot of his wins are, are you know, this was Mule Fest 2023 other than Rom. So uh, that's what I'll say. I also, I hit my pick. I had a, a top five parlay with Rom and, and Finau, which was like the most obvious thing in the world. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm thrilled tonight. But uh you know, Tony is, he is Juan Valdez. I, I, he's just, he just beats up on the mules. God, the mule skitter is one of the, one of the greatest names I've ever heard. Uh, you know, Neil, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the, uh, it, it was very clear when we were filling out like our DraftKings stuff. It's just like, oh, it's going to be these two. It has to be. Uh, which is, which is kind of where I'm like, yeah, it, it almost, you know, so I kind of felt like, uh, just maybe like the match six out there. <laughs> Like it wasn't a PJ Tour event. Like, yeah, if you if you want it, awesome, man. Win number six. Go ahead. If that feels if that feels good to you to take credit for that one, go for it, man. You you, you got me. That's about what I expected. I mean, that's about you know kind of compliment. You know, I think you started that with that you know you were going to be praising Tony, and then ended it with about eighteen different ways. Uh, you know, I'm talking to DJ now, right? Uh, mule driver, I think, can has some staying power. I'm I'm good with that. This was a field of mules. I personally, as someone that's ridden very, 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 very hard for Mr. Finau, uh, you know, I thought this would feel better. I think I said this the last time. It's kind of you know rinse and repeat. He's won four times in eighteen starts now. I kind of got the same script. We got to follow every time, but. Um, you know, it's, it's first, he doesn't win enough. He doesn't win enough. And now that he wins, you know, it's the fields aren't good enough, all this good stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty automated. It's pretty AI generated responses that I think I can expect to get from, uh, from, from you guys now. So well, you've been singing um, the praises of the AI generated stuff. So, so it's, so it's accurate. I, I would just say it's pattern recognition. I, I Northern trust. <laughs> sure. Great win. He tried to co- He tried to, you know, choke that one away. That wasn't a, a resounding win. But I would say these other events, they they are second tier events. I mean, he's, you know, he's out on the high plains of Utah, just driving mules, you know, doing his job. I, I credit to him. But like the events have a similarity to him, is what I'm getting at. Solly, I know you're I know you're a big data golf guy, you know. So I want to meet you where you're at. Uh, 
And of course, Data Golf does their own strength of field, and and they basically look at the composite of the field, and they say, you know, kind of on average, this field is X number of strokes better or worse than uh, than the average PJ Tour field. That uh, Northern Trust victory, doing a lot of heavy lifting, which I'll allow you to keep doing. That's great. You know, it was a great win uh, in 2021. There, that that was awesome. Every other one of them has been dramatically like below average PJ Tour events. And if 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 you'd like to get this, I think this week was uh, like almost a full stroke below uh, an average PJ Tour event. That's tough. I'm not going to defend that, or I'm not going to argue against that, right? That's just fact. That's straight up fact. He's winning the lesser tier events. However, if I may say... Better to win than not. Better to win than not. Credit. I mean, he he should be winning. winning. That is a step in the right direction. But I'd like to see a little more, something a little bit more premier. This is what you were asking of of this guy, was to go out and win golf tournaments. He's doing that. Now, are they not to the... When he does win the big ones, even the Northern Trust, you're trying to discount it anyway. So we know what's going to happen. He's going to win designated event, and you're going to say... Like he'll probably win Wells Fargo, and then it's gonna be like, well, Rom and Scheffler weren't there, or like, you no, know, I'll be the first one to give there credit. Also, the like I said, guys, I don't even yeah. have a dog in this fight. I, I would, I would, I would, I'm, I'm not talking like to an you, innocent. I'm I feel like I'm an unbiased bystander. Like I haven't been in the. the <laughs> Sound like TC now. The female stuff. You guys just keep dragging me into this thing. I'm on no one's side here, except I'm just gonna dog on female the whole time. Well, we know but that's not true for if I may say. For me, it's pretty much I've I've kept my distance. I'm just looking at this objectively. It's like these are you know pretty. No, these are these events are at sea level. There's no elevation. And I, I will say also, which is where I tried to start here. Uh, saw you're you're baiting me into saying many many negative things, which which is unfortunate. But uh, I think that it was uh, like today was it was different, right? It was a lot of what we saw last summer too. It was like the foot was on the gas, and there was absolutely no wobbling today. And and that was toe to toe with John Rum, which is not nothing. And that was really really cool to watch because i think i don't know how you guys felt going into the day but i was like oh rom is gonna just it's gonna be the most dangerous game out there like rom is gonna absolutely just put the camo on hunt him down and probably win by three and he just didn't let him get any oxygen he just you know it it never really even got close and so massive credit to big tone there he drove the ball great he putted it great he's putting like he's putting awesome this year I mean that's that's a a thing to watch. That is a, a marked difference. How how much his putting has improved. But it's I mean the hardest I rode for him was more so two three years ago, and when he was about a stroke and a half above average player. Now he's over two. Like he has made a almost full shot leap since the hardest of riding, and it's from approach play. He has turned into and over the last six months. There's no one in the world with a better strokes gain approach. He's been the best approach player. He is just stuffing the stat sheet, hitting green after green after green, giving himself really good birdie opportunities and converting more birdie opportunities. Like Finau has made a leap and it's been sustained for a long period of time. That that time period I'm citing for um, for the iron play does not include the summer events that he won last year. Like if you go back even farther, I'm sure the numbers are even better. I mean, it's been he's. Probably, what is he, off the top of my head, I'm doing this, the fourth best American behind Scheffler, Xander, and Cantlay, probably. I mean, if you're looking at just straight stat stuffing, I struggle to come up with a name. Spieth has been really, really good over the last three months. But um, if we're looking back over a longer time period, we're going to talk some Ryder Cup stuff later, and we can dive into that a little bit. But it's been a, a sizable leap, and it's a different conversation now than we were having three years ago. Will you, will you address that, Deej? Yeah, I think that's totally right. And honestly, it, like 
if I'm being totally honest, the only thing that's even keeping this bit going is the fact that he keeps winning shitty events. Like <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And, and and you know, I'll, I'll I'll lead into that. Like that's the only thing that's making this even fun at all because it's not. Listen, the full swing episode was was great with him. I love seeing his family out there. Every time he's out there doing like you know some hip hop TikTok dance, like I'm I'm always I'm like ah oh, this guy kind of rules. Like I, I'm I'm way in on on big tone. And the only thing that has given this dumb bit any life is the fact that he keeps you know skidding the mules out there, Neil, to borrow a phrase. And so it's, I I would love for that to go away. I hope he gets a big ass win this summer, but not you know. It doesn't go on. It shouldn't go unsaid that like he doesn't really have a lot of those. So for to be that guy that you're talking about, Tali, it's like, okay, let's be a, like a little fair here. Like we are still missing those. Like let's see it, man. Come on, let, let's let's get across the finish line in in some big dick events. That would make me very happy. Sincerely, I think I think that's a that is, right there is admission that we've moved very far along from. He won't win. Like he just won't win. Like, yeah, that's what exactly. it used to be. That's what you've paid that debt. We've moved past that, and I appreciate that. I will say. I will say also just absolutely stunting on the full swing episode because he has proven, in fact, he can win with his family there. That, That's which true. is what you know, everyone's been talking about in golf for so long. But uh, was, I was at the at, coffee shop this morning. There was a lot of people. You know, do you think Big Tone could get it done? I don't know. His family's on site, and it, there was a lot. There was a lot of people talking about that. And I was like, ah, guys, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's been in this position a couple times. You know, let's let's just see how it goes. I wonder if they got um, roped yeah. into uh, to any timeshare. Sales pitches. Town of Dante. Also, God, how much airtime was Benjamin Salinas getting? Like they kind of upped their game on on like getting out in front of not not making it about Grupo Salinas, making it about father and son and all the big things they're doing with the Mexican Open. I have to correct you here, Neil, just for the record's sake. Benjamin Salinas. <laughs> all right. Put some respect on his name. Benjamin. Yeah, that's 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 exactly right. Uh, uh, mea culpa to to the Salinas clan. I think if we're if we're being honest, the biggest winner this week at the Mexico Championship at Vidanta is John Rahm because he finished second place. He set the single season money record on the PGA Tour before May hit, but now he doesn't have to come back and defend. He had the best possible week without having to come back and be uh, and defend the title next year. It's going to be a new schedule next year. I don't know where it's going to fit, but still very confused as to why he's playing this week and not Wells Fargo uh, this coming week, which is a $20 million purse. Uh, but Rom has, he's out, he's off the hook and no longer has to be the defending champion. It's a great point. It's a great point. God, how many is Finau going to win by next year? It's, it's, it's going to be crazy. He's going to be the only one there. I mean, it seemed like Rom was pretty frustrated with you know, he shoots, what, 61 on Saturday, just kind of races up the leaderboard. And then some, I don't know, he had a few approaches where he came up short. I think he was he was struggling with the wind. And uh, I was, you know, he, you could tell he was running a little hot, kind of like old school Rom out there. Just didn't, didn't quite have the game today. Um, and still shot, what, like 67? Like, you know, true, true buoy shit from him. It was, which I was. If that speak, I just don't have enough info. I don't think on this golf course, but like, does that speak to him or does that speak to the the golf course? It didn't seem like there were a ton of bogeys out there for for those guys uh, coming in. But also, I, you know, I'm with you, Neil. Like, Rom still played very very steady golf. Just didn't didn't get any putts uh, putts to drop today. He uh, yeah, this was like the definitive like buoy performance of just like yeah, I don't I don't really know what's gonna happen. I don't know if he's gonna win, but I can almost guarantee you he's gonna make some freakish run uh, from way back in the pack. It's like he, he's 
he's not only is he a buoy and a butcher, but he's also just like a thoroughbred horse that he's like, oh, he's in sixth place now. Like we know he's going to make a major run at some point. I don't know if he's going to win, but he's going to start catapulting past some of these mules. And um, <laughs> we're going to take this thing deep. The mule thing's going to go it was so much. We have a podcast coming out on uh, on Tuesday with Johnson Wagner that we've already recorded. And uh, he, the, amount of, the amount of times he referred to himself as a mule is inspiring. Yeah. It is awesome. Like it, This is a very, very real thing that uh, is now in the ecosystem. But, dude, yeah, watching Rom just go out and run and like, watching when he is going to like make 15-footers is just really freaking fun. He was minus... 150, I think, for a top five this week, and of course did it. Like there was almost, he was better than even odds that he was going to finish in the top five and beat 150 dudes. My my, the only real issue I have, I've started to notice it the last few weeks is Rom and Travis Matthew. They need to get him some new shirts. He's got like a rotation. I feel like he's taking the same shirts on the road now, every week, just from a fashion. He's got the red one. He's got like the, the floral print, like the gray one, and then he's got like a a navy like floral pattern one and uh i'd, I'd like to see them uh <laughs> expand the wardrobe i think that's bit. john i think that's john that's a decision he's got his sunday he wears that same one on sundays and i think that's i think that's on him i think he's he's the you're in charge of what you pick it out on, on your shirts come on sure so i would i'm just i would like john to wear some different shirts though i'm i'm you know he's he's maybe it's because he's in he's always on the coverage that i noticed this but it's like i feel like he's wearing the same three like specific shirts every time he plays. He's gonna. I'm gonna get a text from him tomorrow. Like, What's Neil talking about here with my shirts? Come on, man. <laughs> I've just I've just noticed it. You know, it's if that if if he's. I mean, I guess it maybe he's limiting his decision making. It's like when presidents talk about like I wear the same. You know, I it's kind of Steve I wore Jobs. a school uniform growing up. I kind of liked it because I didn't have to think about what to put on in the morning. So maybe there's some maybe there's a, a reason for it. Plus, he's probably got that uh, white butcher coat on most of the time that keeps him keeps him clean. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I didn't know if you were going to defend. I, I brought you know some materials in case you wanted to defend this tournament for some reason. I was going to have you guess. I was, I was all right. I got I got ten players here, and I want you to tell me if they were in the PJ Tour field this week or the Corn Ferry Tour field this week. Oh, okay. I'll do all well of this. Come on. Okay. Let's Neil. You're you're welcome to chime in as well. Sure. Uh, let's start with an easy one. It's Succession Night. Everybody knows this. Let, let's start with Kevin Roy. Oh, PGA Tour. Uh, that's correct. You nailed it. Okay. Uh, I thought that was definitely wrong. I've never heard that name before. I thought I could get you. I thought I could bait you on that one. Uh, Let's go down the list. Let's go uh, a fellow Puerto Rico Open winner, I believe, from back in the day, uh, George McNeil. Uh, He was Corn Ferry Tour this week. No, he was on the PGA Tour. He's one of the guys that uh, (laughs) Big Tone beat the hell out of this week. Congratulations to him. Oh man, another! I think actually, I'm I'm not doing this on purpose, but another another playoff winner uh, here, just like Big Tone, Heath Slocum. <laughs> he was PGA Tour this week. No, Corn Ferry Tour. He was. He was <laughs> let's go with this is a a friend of you know friend of Randy's. I think he was staying with Francois this week. Ricky Barnes. Oh, he was PGA Tour this week. He was. He was, he was on was the PGA out there. He was on the PGA Tour this week. Ben Silverman. Oh, he was he was PJ. No, he was uh, Corn Ferry Tour this week. He was on the Corn Ferry Tour. He was in a playoff yeah. on the Corn Ferry Tour. I, honestly, I don't know if he won or lost. John Augenstein. Uh Corn Ferry. Corn Ferry, you got it. Greg Chalmers. Hell of a putter. Corn Ferry. No, he was on the PJ Tour this week. Okay. Uh, let's do one more. DJ Trahan. PJ Tour. 
Uh, he was in the PJ Tour field as well. Yes. I did pretty good with that. I you was trying to base good. my answers off of what I thought you were looking at. If you were scrolling the leaderboard of the Corn Ferry or the PGA Tour. I put him on one list of... close close in my notepad so you wouldn't see my eyes going around. You, you led me astray. That was, a, that, was a, that was a really fun game. Yeah, I don't, listen, I don't think the take here is that, uh, that this is a, you know, we, we have to put the D-Riding aside for, for a little bit for this week, right? The take here is that this is an elite event. And that, uh, yeah, what, 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 what are your thoughts on this event? This is the second year of it. Weird spot in the calendar. Always feels like a weird kind of time to decompress for us. And we do a lot of filming and do a lot of other stuff this part of the year. And I feel pretty good about that, having seen a fair amount of it this week. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think it makes sense for the PJ Tour to try to do an event in Mexico, and I appreciate that they're doing that. I just, and I, I also appreciate that it, it, we're not pretending like it's a big event. And I appreciate that the PJ Tour event is a national open, so it elevates that for, for Mexico, which is cool. But, it, you know, we need some breaks in the calendar, and this is a, a good time for it. Now, I, you know, I don't really get that into the Wells Fargo next week either, so it's kind of until the pgh you know championship i'm not i'm not going to lock in too hard but i i think it was it the event was was fine personally it was very difficult for me to switch over from the warriors game to watch the golf it was like kind of a chore but hey that's okay and the event it, there wasn't a lot of juice today because rom wasn't making you know nobody was tracking tone down so it was just boring agree with all that i i think that it's great. We're not pretending like all of these are the same. I think that actually took a lot of the pressure off of like pretending like this was a big thing because I was texting you guys this morning. I'm like, oh man, like Rom and Fino and Akshay in the final group. Like that's actually sick. Like I'm excited to watch that's this. Case. Yeah. That was, they, that's what like truly, and I'm not even giving like the tour credit for this. Like they keep like getting these W's. They keep yeah. getting these wins of like even this event with, I don't know if this was technically the worst field of the year, but. Um, of the of the full field, non opposite field events, it felt like it. It felt like the least excited it, it I was, was for a championship to watch. And sure enough, they get Finau and Rom and Akshay in the final group. I was like, that is like literally like probably what I would pick. We haven't talked Akshay yet, but like that is as interesting as it's going to get. This twenty one year old wiry dude trying to run down to Finau and Rom is some serious primo content. Totally, and and it seems like a good energy on site. You know, I think all of us are very pro have an event in Mexico. Like it always seems like people turn out to support it and and the players who are there seem to dig it. Uh, if you have a business that can somehow support making that an $8 million network television event, like hell yeah, someone's doing something right. Uh, Neil, do I think it's going to take a big rating share from the NBA playoffs? Probably not. I don't, but you know, it's, it's part of the tapestry. It's a, it's a Tuesday night baseball game kind of a kind of a vibe right it's it's part of the schedule it's you know something to fill out the stats and uh you know we're on to uh we're on to charlotte which i think is is actually kind of an interesting that's kind of an interesting like flip side of that coin too right whereas like quail hollow's always been an event that i don't really care about we you know year to year i mean obviously the years that max won that the wells fargo event it's it's been pretty easy to lock in but outside of that it's never one that i'm i'm really like circling However, with the designated, you know, field now, it's like, ah, that that might totally shift my perception. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing what this week's all about, too, just from that perspective. 
I think a uh, it will be a serious bummer to have no Rom and Scheffler this week, though. I mean, I almost kind of would prefer it if they're gonna for their one skip if they are together, skipping it together, because I do want to get as many opportunities for a duel between the two of them in the remaining part of the year as we could po- possibly get. The two dudes that have lifted and separated the most, so it it feels like the biggest. I know who knows what happens next week, but it feels like the biggest dud so far of the of the designated events or. I don't know, maybe you could say Century just with, you know, missing Rory and it not being that full field and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, it's it's hard to get hyped. Century stands on its own, though, you know, whereas this week is like kind of if Rory goes out and runs away and does something crazy or if Max goes and plays great, like, you know, that'll be amazing. But if it's kind of a can't lay slog to victory, like that, that probably won't have a ton of juice. No offense to anyone. Neil, I think this one's going to be one of your uh, one of your one of my highlight transitions here. Um, before we get to our, our next topic here, remember what what is one of the very first memories we have of uh, of Akshay Bhatia? What, uh, what what's an incident that happened in his junior golf career that was kind of funny looking back at it, but uh, made a little bit of uh, of wave legs? Do you guys remember this? Remember when he was playing an event? He gunned a, th- a chip from like thirty <laughs> yards and got a penalty for it. What, and whether you're a scratch player or new to the game, there's an easy way to lower your scores. Adding a rangefinder to your pre-shot routine will change your game forever. Our longtime partner, Precision Pro Golf, has created a rangefinder unlike any other. No Lang Up has been using the NX10 for almost a year, and this is easily the best rangefinder we have ever used. The Precision Pro NX10 has all the essentials like a magnetic cart mount, slope-adjusted distances, an external slope switch and HD optics. You can also get free battery replacements, a three-year warranty, and a 30% off upgrade program. So you can go to precisionprogolf.com slash NLU to see our favorite part, which is the customization. You can choose from some of the NLU designs there, or you can get them all. You can also, also with the NX10, you can easily switch the look of your rangefinder. That's something they have that almost no one else has. Maybe no one else has. Uh, precisionprogolf.com slash NLU. Use code NOLANGUP to get $20 off your NX10. Toronto, I just uh, updated the the range finder cover art with Precision Pro. So yeah, go check it out on at the at the uh, precisionprogolf.com forward slash NLU. We uh, we're excited about the uh, 2023 offering. How about Akshay? Brandon Wu, we're gonna we're gonna zoom past. We're not gonna do a full down the leaderboard uh, with with this. Brandon Wu finished solo third, but Akshay shoots 68, 65, 63 on Saturday to get into that final group. Held his own final round 70. I'm sure he's quite disappointed with that for a solo fourth finish uh, on the PGA Tour and hanging with uh, outpacing almost all of the mules and just finishing behind a couple big guns. Uh, is since seriously, seriously impressive. I've ridden pretty hard for this dude, but 21. He was born in 2002. Uh, if you thought maybe he was older now because he's been around professional golf for four years or so now, uh, he's, he's still 21 years old and uh, is carving out. He's got already got special temporary membership on the PGA Tour. A win would help get him into the playoffs. Uh, he still is not eligible for the playoffs this year, but his locked up status for next year and uh, his path to professional golf has been pretty much stamped with the approval at this point. Like the, the, the methodology worked and he is going to be a PGA Tour player. Which is crazy, man. I, I truly can't imagine the guts it, it, and kind of like just being a, a hair unhinged uh, that it takes to to go down that road, right? Yeah. And just be like, no, I know everybody else goes to college and hones their craft, and then it's still like the hardest profession in the world to break into. But I think I'm just going to skip that, and I'm I'm ready now. I'm just going to go for it. And to just, I mean, I think he's had 
He's had a lot of success at different levels. He's gotten his head kicked in at a lot of different levels. He's played Monday qualifiers. He's driven all over the place. He's like, he's he's truly shown up and and you know tried to make it happen everywhere that would kind of let him play. So for him to make it to the PJ Tour this fast is is really mind blowing, man. And and it's if you want to give like a charitable kind of reading to why the opposite field events matter and why some of these, you know less interesting events are are still important. I mean, that's kind of the way he paved his way to special temporary membership, right? Was he second in Puerto Rico, I think was probably the big points earner. And uh, you know, for for that reason, like those events are are great and they they allow stories like this to kind of make their way to the PJ tour. But um they're they're still few and far between. The Akshays don't don't come around very often. But Solly, I wanted to ask you, you know, so I think the rap on him has basically just been like putting horrendously uh this year switches to aim point this week and makes every single putty looks at uh will you apologize for that the take isn't that aim point <laughs> like hurts you that's not the point here <laughs> people are just asking if you'll apologize i will not apologize for that i will say i think that might help explain why aim point is kind of bullshit and uh <laughs> probably shouldn't be, shouldn't be happening and you should be able to step in your line and it helps uh, it is helping less, you know, less skilled putters like get better at putting very quickly. And I don't think it's, uh, you know, people send me stuff all the time about how it makes it faster. I don't think it does. It certainly doesn't not appear to from what I've seen. Um, so don't try to. I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to muddy the waters. You're trying to blow up my mentions. Uh, that is not the the aim point take here. Do you? Will you apologize for that take? Yeah, I'll apologize. Thank you. Okay. The, the only thing yeah. that I'd have to add with Akshay is I love watching him hit the golf ball i think his swing is awesome it's just really it's like it's very uh engaging to watch him hit it and i think there's kind of a lack of like lefties are always interesting to watch you know because it's different and i think he it's that he looks different he's all wiry you're like god how skinny is this guy you know like there's just a lot to akshay that makes him very almost mesmerizing and stand out. And so I'm rooting for him because I think that's good for golf and I, I want him to succeed. And I want there to be kind of like a, you know, I don't know if the word's weird, but kind of like, yeah, there's this weird lefty. He's doing, he's doing big things, man. He's see what happens when he grows into that frame he's got. And it's just like, it's a different swing. He, he's got a different look and, and I'm happy that he's, you know, kind of trying to break out here this year. And I don't think I'm not. I don't think he's like a great prospect. I don't think like we're looking at like a future Ryder Cupper. I think uh, he. It's just you can carve out a really successful pro golf career. Um, and, you know, I don't think we're like looking at the next superstar, next great like American player. That's not what I what I'm kind of saying about Akshay. I just think like he had a lot of guts to to do what he did and to say like I can make it on the PGA Tour and to do it at this young of an age. Um, and if he can play 10, 12, 15 years on the PJ Tour, that'd be wildly successful. And I think he's more of a, I don't know, could he be like, could he be like the 40th ranked player in the world? I think he probably could, but I don't, I don't think we're destined for someone that's a, like a top 10 player in the world. What do you, I don't know if you guys feel any differently. I feel like his ball striking's really good. I mean, he just seems to flush it when he, when it's going well, like his iron play seems really good. I don't know if the stats back that up, but I'm like, man, like the, his swing, uh, looks good on camera. Like. It, when they do it in slow-mo and stuff. Uh, another uh, kind of a tangent question, though. Does he, like, who's the best lefty in the world right now? 
like you want my answer like is it phil Phil. is it phil i mean is it brian Harmon? like who am i missing from that list like who else is up there yeah i mean it's it's probably technically brian Harmon if you looked at it but like phil's been playing some like pretty legitimate golf over the last month month and a half i mean you know it's not bubba that's not nothing but like it's not i don't know it's something about like having a lefty in the mix is always like it's interesting and i think uh, so the question is like he probably has the the potential to be one of the top lefties like when you start when you start thinking about like there's not a ton of competition so then that right there almost made like there's something to that like that will it'll increase his cachet a little bit if that makes sense like i know what you're saying so like like maybe his ceiling's not as high as you know like we want it to be or whatever, but like he, he could still end up being the best lefty playing at some point, which is interesting. Yeah. He's cleaning up on the, on the, on the mule tour. Um, you know, his, his good finishes have been, you know, he missed the cut pretty badly at, at RBC. Um, but, and it's also, again, he's young. There's a lot to, a lot to come from him, but I still always fall back on man. Jordan Spieth won two majors when he was 21 years old. Every time we talk about a 21 year old or talk about an amateur that's older than Spieth, I'm just like, dude, that was so freaking wild to do that in this era yeah to just different anything else from vedanta there was a, a b incident earlier in the week i'm sure everyone yeah saw i saw that i was sitting media. in my office and all of a sudden eric van royens just like hits the deck and then like the whole group hits the deck and the camera guys and like i hate to say this but like i thought it was kind of like maybe like a cartel such like a like Yo, is somebody like... You could tell the announcers were kind of in the same... Yeah, like, like I was like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? This is bad. And then it turned out it was it was bees. And I just started thinking about the Tommy Boy scene of bees, bees in the car. Frank, I'm allergic to bees. Me too. <laughs> and Van Moran's like, get down, get everybody, get down. Get bees. Ripping my flesh off. <laughs> Killer bees. Uh, that was that was a wild, uh, wild uh, visual to see. Just the whole the whole group. A Chez was in the group. I was worried about my beautiful boy Chez. Uh, can't have him getting stung. So <laughs> it seemed like everybody got away without without any stings though, without incident. I wanted to note too. Eric Cole, top five, T five uh, this week. He's that dude's carving out a season. Yeah. On, on the PGA Tour. I don't know what the live FedEx seat that he's at. He's in the top fifty, I think, uh, in that after the runner up at the Honda Classic too. But. Kind of just going to show at least, you know, I know the structure is going to change in these uh, next year with the FedEx Cup points and things like that. But even without cleaning up and designated events to still be having an extremely productive year and, and on his on his way to playing his way potentially into uh, the all the designated events for next year with the top 50 FedEx Cup finish. That's there's a lot to lot to monitor, a lot to look at on that on that list. We're not early in the season. He's also kind of on that Scott Stallings uh, contender missed the cut grind right now like he's missed a ton of cuts but he also like you know is kind of playing modern pj tour golf like man just get it on the weeks you're whatever it is that's lacking when you do it well you're gonna cash in and uh that's kind of what you need to do he is uh he is 45th now on the fedex cup for this year so i mean things are kind of starting to take shape like if you look at who's outside the top 50 right now it's like brendan todd ben griffin sep straka keith mitchell outside the top 50 is a bit surprising he's played some he's played some solid golf this year i think um sam stevens matthew neesmith there's not the you know jt is outside the top 70 but he's going to be exempt through owgr um but that's that's one that as of right now jt would not be uh, in the playoffs next year in that in that top seventy. That's kinda of just just kinda of wild. He's gotta start playing some golf. Yeah. Uh anything else from Mexico? 
You know, just totally random and wild, but did you guys see the note that Finau, Rom, and Akshay played a practice round together? I did. No way. Yeah, along with Wes Bryant, who missed the cut. But still, I was going to say, I don't know. That's a pretty, that's a shocking thing. That's just a, for, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. Just from a while, that's wild, man. Just make room for a while. Yeah, that's wild. That's that's how the majority of this tournament has felt for me. It's like, I don't know if I have a lot more to add here, but man, that's something. That's interesting. How about that? Um, No, where should we go? Where should we go next? Yeah, LPGA. LPGA Tour at Wilshire. I don't know. I don't know. This probably isn't where we need to start. But Hannah Green won the won the tournament in a playoff, which was freaking awesome. But we don't need to go directly here. But man, was this a change of pace from like last week to have like the golf course go from. Uh, you know, from allegedly a major at the Chevron at Carlton Woods in Houston to like Wilshire was like, that's like a major championship venue that they play on every single year. And I just, this event is, stands out on the LPGA tour schedule of an incredible golf course, a membership that seems to really, I'm, I'm really trying to, if, if you can't tell I'm here in LA and I'm really trying to butter myself up to all of the, uh, all the Los Angeles country clubs right now. But like the fans are out there, they support it. Like they, you know, they give up their golf course for uh, an LPGA event, which is not a small lift it all and go out and support and cheer and they get to share that awesome golf course with television viewers and that event is just really 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 working uh on the lpj tour calendar and uh how about horses for courses hannah green was a runner up here last year third place the year before that and then wins this year at wilshire i wish i had seen that when we uh, made our DraftKings picks but it was it's definitely file a, that one away for next year a striking course on tv really really good bunkering and I, I liked the par three finish that led to some some great drama at the end with uh with the playoff and and, and honestly 18 everybody burying to get into a playoff after uh <laughs> we had a, a tough a tough situation when some, someone decided not to lay up and got got rubber the green as bad as we've seen <laughs> this year explain that for those that may have missed this well it looked like Cheyenne Knight had a handle on things Heading in, you know, kind of mid back nine, and she went for it. I, I was at 15, I think she was on 15, and she hit uh three wood or you know, a, a, some type of fairway metal. And uh, she was not going to carry the penalty area, but it hit a rock in the penalty area and it bounced over a, like a big fence out of bounds. So it bounced out of the penalty area, and then she just had to, to reload from you know, like 250 out. And so then she laid up, and then she made you know she made triple, uh, or I guess she made she made double. I think she made she double. made double. She made double. She made double. Uh, yeah. But she had a two shot lead at the time, and then uh, that quickly went away. Talk about a, a true hazard, and they're they're hitting her with all kinds of uh, unlucky. God, this is so unlucky. This is so unlucky. So I I thought Big Tone was was oh out there God. trying to close that thing out. You're not sorry. See, like, this is like <laughs> this is supposed to be your sentencing, and if I was the judge, I would issue, I would, I would up your jail sentence for this. You're not sorry. This is, you know, that was fake remorse. Everything is, it's all fake. But um, yeah, 18 holes of par three. I'll tell you what really made that hole work for me, Neil, was balls bounding on that green. Like there was an element of trying to bring it in from the right side and have balls kick down, like that fine line of landing it on the green and, and, and risk going in those bunkers and getting it close and that, the shape of that 18th green and all the different pins they can put on that. Like that's just, that's golf to me. And it's- uh, Or just like love, how bad I, it was behind the green, like 12 yeah, feet so down bad. in, the, in yeah. that gully. It's like the minute the, the ball goes down there, you're like, oh my God, that's so boned. <laughs> like as a viewer, that's good stuff. You know, like, oh, oh, oh no, that's not gonna work. No way. 
I, I, I think that's that's good good architecture. I, I like watching golf on courses like that. Well, I'm trying to think of other like major tournaments or big tournaments at, at you know at the highest level that have a par three finishing hole. I went to East Lake. I know they flipped the nine since then, but East Lake for a long time finished on what is now the ninth hole, a long par three, and that kind of felt like a dud. I, I, it never really worked. I don't know if maybe just like a short par three with consequence like this one. Um, I mean, I would think what eighty percent of people would probably agree like the best holes in golf are probably like short par threes. Like they, you know, really well-designed short par threes are like the highlight and to have a really well-designed short par three as a finishing hole with grandstands in an environment like that works really, really well in professional golf, especially for a playoff, like a three-way playoff and watching them all three hit great shots. There's a Didi Ashuk and uh, Ziyu Lin with the other two players in the playoff who both also both birdied 18 to get into the playoff. It was just a, it was a premier, premier event and uh, stood out to me a lot more than last week's alleged major did. I guess it, Casa Tiempo is another one that comes to mind when they play the college tournament there. Uh, that has a, a par three finisher. And and as you know, playing a course like that, I always like that shot on 18 at Pasa Tiempo. It's like, oh man, what if I make a hole in one here? You know, like as just an as just an amateur golfer, like out for a round, it's like it's a I'm surprised there aren't more holes that finish that way. I think to your point too, Sally, like the that hole sits on like such a dividing line too. Cause like you could see it where she Lin hit her shot a couple different times. which was like, man, if that comes up two feet shorter, it's like maybe plugging in the face of that bunker. And if you, if you do cover that bunker, it's kicking down maybe to have a two foot like kick in for birdie. And it's just that dividing line. And Karen Stupples was great about that too. Talking about the different shot shapes and how, you know, if you could hit like a flat cut in there, it's so much easier than a lot of these players who kind of hit these like, turnover draws that almost have to take it off that right bank and have to mess with that that right kicker and have to take on that bunker it's just a so much more engaging i was so happy when they said they were going to playoff like hell yeah i hope we just play 18 like a hundred times because this is fascinating to watch and i think that the thing about wilshire too is like everything just feels so like right-sized right like nothing is like there's not a bunch of like big sprawling like just endless rough as far as you can see there's no like it just looks like an intimate cool golf course where you can just like see all the different features on your tv you can kind of get like it's right in the middle of the city like you you weirdly can get like a sense of place there just from watching on tv for an hour that i never i watched a ton of houston you know last week and i i don't remember any of those holes a week later right and like i feel like i could rattle off a lot of what i saw at wilshire today and that's, you know, that's not the viewing experience for everyone. I think, again, like this, we, this podcast is for us to document what our viewing experience is like, right? And, uh, you know, we got a lot of, you got a lot of uh, weird messages this week from people, you know, from with at Houston, Texas in their uh, location, in their, uh, in their Twitter profile. But like, if you can't like see the difference between Premier Golf and, and that, like that, this was it. Like it was on display in back-to-back weeks. And like what you just described with 18 is what I enjoy watching about golf, watching top level players take on risky shots like that and the, the dividing line between bogey and birdie being that tight. And it ended up being uh, Zhu Lin hit in the bunker finally um, playing the hole for the third time and ended up making bogey, which is what led to uh, uh, Hannah Green winning it. So I can't believe you'd have the stones to diss Carlton Woods without showing your face there first, Solly. That's bullshit. In, in NFL draft week too. Unbelievable. And I would say... I would say Quill Hollow fans, just get your red, get your letters pre-drafted because it's going to be a lot of the same stuff <laughs> yeah. this week. 
It's just very and I have, either. And like, I have been to that course, and I have been to Quail Hollow. Yeah, and honestly, I've been there a couple times. I couldn't tell you outside of, of course, the Green Mile, which of I course. know we're all is hallowed ground for for this podcast. Uh, would be hard, hard, hard pressed to name you too many other holes at, out at uh, at Quail Hollow. But I will say, Quail Quail bucked for the Presidents Cup. Whatever it is that yeah. that time of year was better, and uh, the green shine was a little better. The pins they were able to use for match play was quail was a lot more fun to watch at the Presidents Cup. It was the most fun I've had watching it. But now going back to May, Wells Fargo, like am I hyped? No, I'm not. But we'll watch. We'll see what happens. Sure. Um, we got a little more golf to get to before we get. I need a I need a health boost before I get to this next part. Before we go over to Singapore, and uh, I get my health boost every single morning by taking AG One before I start my day. Athletic Greens uh, it is a smoothie powder, or I don't even know. It's a greens powder, if you will. It goes into 12 ounces of water. It's super easy to make. I start my day with something healthy. It makes me feel ready to take on the day. It's like a coffee boost without drinking coffee. It gives me energy. I can totally notice the days that I'm forgetting to take it. I did, I'm not traveling with it, and I made a huge mistake. I was really groggy around 10 a.m. this morning, and uh, I, I, I think that's probably a contributing factor. It's a great way to start to start the day. It's, it's comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. AG1 is great for recovery, and again, I a lot of people like taking it after workouts. Um, again, I'm a, I'm a morning guy. First thing in the morning, I get some... H2O in me and some AG1. It, it empowers the gut for whole body health. It is so much more than a greens powder. It is all of your key health products in one. Covering all my nutritional bases for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. Just one, I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. It costs less than three bucks a day to do, which I believe is a pretty good deal if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit uh, with the highest quality sourced ingredients. It's just an overall win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash NLU. That's athleticgreens.com slash NLU and check it out. Three bucks a day, man. We might have to bring that on our next strap trip. That's it's a big, big year for gut health, Neil. Yeah, for We're sure. We're getting our gut health in line. We're monitoring the gut. Yeah. All right, Sally. We're going to Singapore. How much live Singapore did you guys watch this week? I saw the range goats got it done. <laughs> the go- I want to see a goats versus mules matchup next. <laughs> I-, I would argue that maybe there are some mules on the goats. But <laughs> the goats took down the, the, the live mules. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of uh, live live this week, but I, I watched a lot of uh, a lot of highlights. I did my due diligence to what catch up. I'm, I'm not watching in the middle of the night. You know, I'm not firing up the CW app uh, in, in the wee hours. But, you know, I, I caught up on what's going on. I think a couple takeaways. Taylor Gooch, back-to-back Ws. Uh, you know. Big head. Hard to, doing big things. Hard, hard to ignore that. Uh, he got an exemption. I think that was this week, right? Into the uh, PJ Championship as well, which was kind of in line with his world ranking i think it's always kind of been like you know if you're in the top 100 in the world you're you're probably going to play the pj championship so good for him there but yeah i don't know man not not a lot of other massive takeaways obviously a little less energy than uh live adelaide which i think was to be expected but also like there was a little energy going on there there's more more v- buzz and more uh vibe going on in singapore than i probably thought there was going to be so it seems like people are uh, catching on at least a little bit did they play this at sentosa they did. God, that place is so weird. I uh, I went there like 10, 10 years ago. 
I was in Singapore. Really? Yeah. It's like a theme park. I didn't go to the golf course, but like it's like an amusement park and just kind of a bizarre uh, development. I mean, honestly, tell me more. Well, I mean, it's just super freaking hot. I did not have that on my bingo card that you would, had been to Sentosa. <laughs> Went to Sentosa. I had a, was doing a backpacking trip through uh, Southeast Asia, and we spent the first three days in Singapore, which is probably a day too long because Singapore is so hot, you really don't want to go outside. So everything's like in malls. You're like underground and in the AC, these like massive malls all day long. And food's good. They got the street markets and stuff. And then we we were bored, so we went over to this. They're like, there's this like theme park sentosa so we went and rode some rides and you know had some churros i think and hung out and then we went to like the marina bay sands hotel you know with like that's in the harbor but uh right yeah i mean i it, w- it would remind you of any theme park that you've been to in the u.s it was not hmm. you know nothing it was just kind of like it, it's like kind of away from the city a little bit it's just kind of a weird outlier thing that that they got going on. It seems like whenever they have a golf tournament there, they go to Sentosa. There you go. Sally, how much did you watch? Uh, I did not watch any of it. Uh, caught some, uh, was, was, I was a little intrigued this week to follow the scores live though. Like I, I pulled it up multiple times and I think it was an early week, like Phil holding out for Eagle in one of the early rounds and vaulting the top of the leaderboard was like, a, is he really doing this? Like, is this really happening? And one of the best leaderboards I feel like they've had shake out over time was just kind of like, oh man, this is some stalwarts are kind of starting to separate kind of how we were, a lot of us were expecting some of these dudes to, to perform on the, on, the, on the tour with the plumbers and firemen uh, on the bottom half of it. But uh, Taylor Gooch, back-to-back wins. What's, what's, the, re- what's the reaction to that? What, is, what, is, what does that mean? Because I, I struggle with this every, nothing has really changed. Nothing, uh, we don't need to rehash any part of the conversation, but like, when someone wins back-to-back tournaments on this tour, I still like don't know how to place that. I think he made that, a shitload of money. What, like eight well, million bucks in two weeks? There's definitely Plus that. Plus the team wins. Yeah, he made over nine million bucks the last two weeks. Jesus, that's a lot of money. So I mean, good for him. Like it's working out. Like his decision clearly can't fault him for, you know, it's it's worked out for him the decision to go. You, you you can fault uh, you can fault him a little bit because he also this wasn't part of the plan. He thought he was just going to play London, then go back to play the PGA. You tour. don't, in fact, have to give it to him. <laughs> that, that was, yeah, he took the words out of my mouth. Uh, I I think from a golf perspective, it's hard like it's hard for me to see a lot of this stuff outside of the context that it has for the major championships, right? And I think that kind of speaks to like the larger live conversation is like why would I. It's the same reason I like don't really give a shit about the fact that Tony Finau won today, and I wouldn't have really given a shit about the fact that John Rahm won today if he won, or if Eric Cole won, or if Brandon Wu won, or whatever. It's kind of, it's kind of whatever. Like it all has to be building towards something. And I think the one thing you can, the one thing like one positive I think you can say about Live now is that at least they have like the context of the majors, right? Whereas like now that Brooks has done it in a major and has been super relevant and played in the last group and threatened to win. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit, Brooks, what did he finish third this week or something? Now, all of a sudden, Fourth. I'm like, ooh, that, yeah. how's Brooks that, playing? It, like, that's interesting. It is. But without that, like, I don't, I surely don't give a shit. So it's, it's I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of how I'm viewing it. Well, it's still like, I've made this, you know, analogy a lot. It's like, I, I, 
for someone that we've seen perform at an extremely high level, it's like leaving a Power Five conference and going and playing in the WAC and beating people up there. Like, oh man, they've won, they won the conference title two years in a row in the WAC. It's like, well, yeah, they probably should, right? Like, there's a lot of dudes past their prime, and it's a very limited field, and it's the same dudes uh, every single week. Like, they should go out and do that. So it's just kind of still a reminder of like, you know guys that are choosing to play their career there, um, it, still, it still bums me out a little bit, right? That this golf world is gonna be this fractured and that uh, you know, neither, neither, neither event has a deep field this week. And I think that overall is not a good thing for golf. I don't think if Liv didn't exist, I don't think that the Mexican championship would have had a magnificent field either. Like it's just kind of the way things have, have shaken out. But um, you know, the fact that because Liv exists, the Wells Fargo won't see Brooks and some of those guys there next week is still just bumps me out. Yeah. DJ, I think it, what you said makes a lot of sense. Like there are already a lot of PGA tour events that I don't care about uh, this week, probably being a good example of that. And so with the live stuff, it's like, you just created like eight, 14, whatever, 18 new events for me to not care about as well. Like I just don't really have room to care about them. You know, I, I've, 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 you know, the, uh, but the majors, I, I'm glad like Taylor Gooch will be playing the PGA Championship. That's awesome. Let's, you know, if you're, if you're hot, come in and, and, and ball out. Let's see what happens. And I think this is, I don't know if this kind of gets into your next notes, Ollie, but like Gooch is not into the U.S. Open due to some, uh, you know, basically falling out of the world ranking and the fact that he wasn't eligible for the Tour Championship last year. It sounds like there was some, some language that uh, changed around that exemption, right? Uh, that... U.S. Open, they revise their exemption criteria every year, and what they what they changed was like it's yeah some language that basically because he he still had enough points to get into the top thirty, and which would have got him in the Tour Championship, obviously, but he did not play the playoffs because he was suspended and the uh, case was lost right before the playoffs started. But so he didn't play in the Tour Championship, and they changed the language for this upcoming U.S. Open to include to say like you had to have played in it basically is or been eligible it. for it, which been he wasn't eligible, eligible for it. Yes, he was suspended. That's it. So, uh, so he cannot use that exemption. So he, if he wants to play in the U.S. Open, he's got to either ball out in some OWGR certified events uh, between between now and the U.S. Open, or go out and qualify. And uh, not everyone signed up for U.S. Open qualifying, from from what I've gathered as well from uh, Liv after a lot of lot of lot of lot of uh, chatter about uh, major championship eligibility. Yeah, which is, this was where I guess I was going with that is like, this is kind of the first time where, and I know all of this is like, you make your bed and that's what the money's for and all of that stuff. And I, I still largely feel that way. But I think this was the one where it's like, man, if he's like fucking up these guys who are contending in majors and he's not eligible for a major, it's like, well, that, yeah, that that's kind of shitty. Where I think it's worth going though after that is like, we're seeing with the PJ championship, the majors hold all the cards to choose whoever they want to compete in all of these things. So if, you know, I, I know the U S open doesn't really hand out a lot of special exemptions other than like, you know, Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and like some, some heavy hitters. I don't know that Taylor Gooch is getting added to that, to that list necessarily. Uh, but it does make for a, a very weird thing. If he continues to play as well as he's playing now, because he's obviously playing really, really, really good golf. And yeah, he should 
qualify very easily if through qualifying if he uh if he's yeah. you know that good at golf right like that's kind of the thing right he's, he's not eligible for it he's not met any he has not met any of the criteria to play in the event so he's gonna have to go qualify for it so it's it, it, it's it's not gonna cheapen the u.s open if taylor gooch I, i've seen that maybe maybe like floated in jest a little bit but it's not gonna cheat the it's not gonna uh asterisk the u.s open uh if taylor gooch is not in it Agree. Can I quiz you guys a little bit without checking at all? Have you guys looked at the standings uh, for the Live Golf standings this year? I think you can probably guess who is, uh, which if I may give Live a compliment, their standings and point structure is great. Like it's really easy. It's not easy to understand, but like it, uh, I, I like kind of the, the, the more Formula One based points more, way more than the FedEx Cup distribution. But I guess, I'm guessing you, you would assume uh, with Taylor Gooch's, and as much as we've talked about him here, he is leading the Live Golf standings. I'll give you that one. I will bet you will not guess who's in second place in the standings. I feel like maybe I saw it just on their website, so I'll, I'll guess after Neil. Hmm. <laughs> not Brooks? It's not Brooks. He's fourth. Is yeah. it Peter Uline? It's Peter Uline. Yeah. <laughs> my ne- well, my next guess is going to be Charles Howell. He's third, yeah. Which it was—it's. Uh, I've kind of forgotten about the start that, that Charles Howell had to this year at this point. But um, yeah, I don't have a big takeaway from that other than that was that was a stunner to me. With you know Brooks says as one event and he finished third this week, but yeah, he had some rather poor finishes uh, elsewhere. But uh, Cam Smith at ninth is kind of a disappointment. He's got no top three finishes this year uh, in any live events. It's been still kind of a bummer. He's got three top tens, but it's not that hard to top ten in a forty-eight man field. DJ way down in twentieth. He seems very DGAF, as well as like, man. I, I just I don't know that it can be said enough. Uh, the big golfer, the the artist formerly known as as the big golfer, just doesn't like just barely plays professional golf anymore. That's total so after wild. Like Center I, of the I'm golf not even two years ago. I'm not even embarrassed about some of the things we said after the Wingfoot U.S. Open. A couple years ago, we're like, no, he like that's how it felt at that time. Was like, this guy might go win like nine majors with this game plan. This is clearly working. Everything. <laughs> this is like he's overhauling golf, and now he's like can't crack a fucking egg on the live tour. Like it's and why wild. would that be? Because he didn't look out for his gut health. Why would that be part of it? You know, maybe <laughs> maybe it. some people uh, right here on this podcast said it may not be a good idea to gain sixty pounds and muscle and eat. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but protein. Maybe that's bad. Maybe that's gonna hurt your body. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Like Bryson being irrelevant is a total bummer in golf. Like he needs to be around and and competing. And that his playing style is not fun. I've said this a million times. Like it's not fun to watch uh, if he's not gonna like beat people. Right? It's not. There's no mystery to it now at this point. It's just very very disappointing. Send him and I guess one. actually we should what one thing i guess i would push back on Sully on the uh mexico stuff is like uh, mexico i don't think looks like a designated event if live is not around but is it more fun if like matt wolf and abe answer and you know some of the like some yeah. of the more like b tier c tier players are like the guys that are like that that's almost what's taking it from like no it's almost either like pass fail pj tour events right like ones yeah, or zeros well where it's like yeah. now we have we have ones and zeros we have the ones are the designated events and the zeros are the zeros and they used to all be a lot closer because you had more of those middle tier guys and without them it's like like the middle can't sustain 
That's well said. The sheer volume of the mini ponies that have left, like the, you know, between the Carlos Ortiz, Kokrak, Kevin Nas, like Leash, like that volume of player, like the, the accumulation of that. That's how we end up with like Sam Stevens on the verge of being qualified for all designated events next year. Like that's why that middle of the pack FedEx Cup uh, standings looks like it does, is the volume of guys they've pulled, like the Cam Tringales, the Harold Varners. Uh, that they've pulled out of that is is not a it's not a zero loss for the PGA Tour. I still contend that like it's more of a loss for the tour than it is like a gain or a win for Live. Um, but and that's the part that I think just kind of sucks. It's it's a tale as old as times. The death of the middle class, the, the bourgeoisie has been hollowed out in the uh, mm. on the PGA Tour. You know, and and you're right. The mini ponies they fled. I hate that. <laughs> Trying to get theirs. Uh, you guys want to do a little Ryder Cup check-in? I teased it um, a little bit earlier. I know we got a couple other various things to get to as well, but uh, this is brought to you by BMW, a worldwide partner of the 2023 Ryder Cup. BMW will be electrifying the Ryder Cup with a fully electric fleet of vehicles for players and officials this September. Um, I wanted to check in a little bit on the United States team. We have not really done one of these dive-ins since Will Zalatoris um, has been noted, uh, he's been announced that he was out for the year getting back surgery and will not be a part of this team. So I want to do a check-in as to, now I, you know, I think we've kind of said the last time we did this that there's 11 likely spots. Like there's, I don't know, lock is, a, is too bold of a term, but some like a pretty clear top 11 in that final spot was really up for grabs. I think some of us were gravitating towards Taylor Montgomery as of a, a few months ago with the caveat that a lot can change, a lot can change. I'd say a lot has changed in that time period. And now that we don't have Zalatoris, I think there's two spots that are quite open. So first question for you guys, would you agree that these 10 guys are locks or lock adjacent, which is Scheffler, Cantlay, Xander, Spieth, JT, Finau, Cam Young, Morikawa, Max Homa, and Sam Burns. And are we, are we, as we're sitting here right now, are we safe in saying those 10 are on the team if, we, if it started right now? Yeah, I'm trying to pick, I'm trying to pick any nits for the, for the sake of content. Uh, but I, I feel pretty, I think I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all, uh, those are hard to argue with. A lot of them have a ton of experience on the team already or on a president's cup team. And the ones that don't like, I guess, Sam Burns, he, you know, match play winner played well. I think he gets in on merit. So I don't have any issue with that at all. Do you, are there any names that stick out for the final two spots? This gets really fun to start thinking about this now at this point because it wasn't that fun as of a few months ago, honestly. I think there's a couple guys that have emerged that I'm like, I got my eye on, on two guys that I'm pretty ready to commit to at this point. Uh, I'm guessing one is Sahith. One is Sahith. Sahith has been the 11th ranked uh, American player, um, or sorry, the 9th ranked American player that's not a live player uh, over the last three months. He is risen up to a one point he's, he's 1.7 strokes gained over the last three months which is a very 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 good player that's a top 20 player in the world uh quite easily and that's a pretty decent sized leap from what we've seen over him over the last 12 months and over the last 24 months he's a relatively hot hand who i think would thrive in that environment and i i get really excited thinking about him on the Ryder cup team i'm trying to think who your other guy is well i mean there's brooks is sitting there that's yeah god it's interesting like again sake of content and chaos like i hope brooks kind of balls out at the next two or three majors and rockets up those rankings and and you gotta I have don't a conversation think there's a 
I think you have to have a conversation, you know, if he plays good golf, right? I don't think there's a chance he's going to really, unless he wins like two of them, I don't think he's going to make it on points. It is such a huge leap to get. There's only six automatic qualifiers, right? So I don't think he's going to make it on points. Now, if he plays really good golf between now and the Ryder Cup, does I think that there is a, um, a, a thought to be guys being okay with a live or two, uh, one or two live guys making a team. I don't think it's a hard ban. I think it will depend who it is. I think that there is, this is no inside information at all on this. I think if like DJ was playing really well leading up to it with how DJ has handled everything, seems like a pretty easy personality fit and slide right back into this team. I don't think that's a, uh, a grenade being rolled into. I think it's a very different situation like between DJ and Patrick Reed, if, if, uh, you know, if I'm giving an example here. So Brooks, I don't know where that stands on that. I don't know if Brooks is as easy of a slide back into it. Um, he made some comments at last Ryder Cup about like, you know, how the week is kind of tough and you know, it, it caused a little controversy in those comments. He also fought Dustin Johnson, allegedly, after the Ryder Cup in Paris. Um, and I, I really don't know what the appetite is to have Brooks on the Ryder Cup team, but I think that that would be a conversation to be had, no? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I'm trying to... God, I, I'm guessing you're going to make the case for Keegan? Ricky. Really? Yeah, Ricky's played some serious, serious golf. Like, not flash in the, in the pan golf. Like, back to ball striking it. And he has been one. He's been one of the twelve best Americans over the last three and and six months. Like there's no one, you know, there's no one beating down the door. Yeah. It's like there's a few other names that don't have the the, the cachet. Like you could argue, like Kurt Kitayama's played good golf. Chris Kirk's played good golf. Like those guys feel like like Hojcoin has played good golf. All all decidedly less good golf than Ricky though. Like I, I yeah. Ricky's been very consistent and beaten dudes. And, I mean, I, like, I don't know if you could argue that this. though, because Kitty Yama's won, Chris Kirk's won. Like they they've both won and had great showings. Like I I think they've also been pretty anonymous on weeks, and I think I'm, I'm yeah, guessing it's not about your peak weeks, right? And you look back at I mean just Ricky's recent like just going down his list of where he's finished in his recent events t15 t10 t17 t13 t31 t20 t10 t11 that's going back to january it's been really 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 good you don't get a lot of like pub for finishing t12 but when you do it that many weeks in a row so i think you you had my curiosity now you have my attention right like i again we were not having this conversation three months ago decent personality fit with uh the sb2k 15 boys on on the team as well and that is a huge nugget here right is the team chemistry seems to be a pretty real thing in terms of uh you got to kind of fit the mold of some in some way of like you know is it jt and spieth really pulling the strings on these things like it kind of has seemed like it for the last several years if that's the case uh, i have a have to imagine solid golf from ricky fowler is going to find him sniffing around I, I'm not. You're not taking Kurt Kitayama with a captain's pick over Ricky Fowler at this point. I really don't think that's part of it. Like, I don't think they're gonna do that. You, you. There's something to monitor. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Deej. You have my attention. But if I'm JT or Spieth, I'm, I'm telling my buddy Ricky, you're gonna have to. Would love if you went out and won something. Make this easy on us, right? Because it, it feels a little, little stretchy, uh, at, at the moment. But I listen. I'm, 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 I will be monitoring this. I think it's a, it's a good idea. Does anybody on that list get me more excited about the idea of like kind of do or die putts in in Rome? Like, I don't think anybody gets me more excited than than Ricky as a golf fan. Just like, man, I, I would love to watch and see how that goes. 
that's that's interesting i also think like we're probably you you may be witnessing uh the young men turning into old men and and picking webb simpson and jim furick and uh you know all these these guys from there uh like no this guy trust me man this guy he's been there before he knows what it he knows what it takes so I, I'm, I'm monitoring that too we're just we're very early in this Solly. so we are it's it's fascinating i was really excited to do this because again the the two i think we probably said uh three months ago when we did this it was like i'm, I'm waiting to see something out of sahif to get to the point where he's knocking down the door of that spot and i think we've seen We've seen that to the point where it's like, I was looking to get excited, now I'm officially excited. And I think that is looking probable at this point and uh, looking for somebody to emerge or re-emerge um, from, the, from the pack of mules and to kind of beat down the door and playing on it. And like Ricky, again, I know people get really bored with the strokes gain stuff, but he's been 1.86 positive over the last three months. Like that's really freaking good golf. And like that goes straight on the team. And where I don't think the, these guys think this way and I don't, uh, it's definitely not the way I think of like, you don't have to win a tournament to be a really great option for a match play, like to go out and win points and hit solid shots and foursomes and be a really positive addition to the teams. Doesn't have the best Ryder Cup record, three, seven, and five. Uh, five halves is really sick. It's really hard to do. I don't know how he does it, but uh, <laughs> he gets a lot of credit for that comeback in 2010. That's, that's carried a lot of weight for the image of, of, of Ricky Fowler in the Ryder Cup. But It was a comeback again, to have, by the way. He was four down with four. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I get more excited about that. I think Keegan's on the radar as well. I, I really do. He's played some some really good golf, and uh, and that that would make sense, I think. But um, if there's no live guys, I think Sahith and Ricky would be my picks as of, as of right now. Man, I think those are fun picks. Compelling. I agree. Like from a fan perspective, that couldn't probably couldn't pick two other guys that would get me more excited, except Phil. Well. That's interesting. I don't think we're going to see that, but I could be wrong. Um, this is kind of old news now, but uh, I'm sure everyone saw the news of Patrick Reed's Porsche showing up on a salvage site. I'd be stunned if uh, Alleg the, allegedly. the VIN numbers match. Okay, yeah, allegedly. The VIN numbers allegedly match. Uh, and there's, I'm, I'm surprised Live Media, no one at Live Media there this week asked uh, Patrick about that when it surfaced, but I look forward to getting a, an, opus, an open and honest answer about uh, that situation. Uh, um, sure, surely by the time this podcast is posted, he'll have a, an update on that that we can take at face value. Yeah, that's that's that an wild, ugly man. car too. <laughs> that's the that's the big takeaway here. That's the takeaway I had. I th I was kind of expecting to have the interior like his uh, kitchen or living or whatever it is, all the black and white chessboard looking stuff. Then we would have would have definitely known it was his. Let's do that. Pablo Larathobble, you're a winner. And uh, Solly, speaking of the DP World Tour, you had a chance to talk to the commish himself, uh, Keith Pelly. I know he's uh, been doing, you know, hasn't been doing a ton of media in the last couple months with all the lawsuits going on and everything. But what what was uh, your experience talking to him and, and some of your takeaways from that? It was great. Uh, I really enjoyed catching up with Keith. Um, it was interesting to have the conversation. He kind of started out by talking about getting shredded on Twitter and kind of laughing about, uh, you know, people absolutely slaying him. And as soon as the podcast was posted, I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. People are going to start raining in on him and uh, throwing bobs. And it was like immediately, like before even listening, like we literally talked about like, people's reaction to things and not having a full understanding of what's going on. And as soon as it was posted, like five replies immediately, like, whoa, he sold out to the PGA Tour. Like, 
It's like, man, if you listen to that guy talk about what, and I, there's a reason I want to kind of start the interview with, like, what is your job? Like, talk to me about what your job is. What is your main role? Like, start from there and then talk about how you've made the decisions you've made, uh, you and your team over the last several years and months and, and whatnot. And from that lens, if you can't understand exactly why the DP World Tour has done what they've done, I really can't help you, right? I mean, he made it very clear of like, I think they seem to have a problem with the term feeder tour to the PGA Tour, but in reality, hey, they're losing, like, yeah, 10 guys will get PGA Tour cards out of uh, DP World Tour membership. Like, that is their way of serving the DP World Tour membership, right? Is to say, if you play well on this tour, you will be you will be open to the 700, 600 million dollars, whatever it is that gets paid out on the PGA Tour. Like that's the that's that's what I'm doing. Is the CEO of this league is giving you the playing opportunity for that? Like that's that's my job here. And the part that he couldn't say out loud that I will say out loud that I feel like a lot of DP World Tour fans or European Tour fans don't like want to admit or acknowledge is like. The, the glory days of the European tour are not returning. Like it's not, it's not gonna happen and you just have to follow the money. Like the PGA tour has won this thing. The American corporations have stepped up in a way over the last 25 years. Tiger gets a lot of credit for this obviously, but like the money's so vastly different and the scene is so vastly different and the talent is going to accumulate and assimilate into one spot. The DP world tour has to move on to a phase 2.0, 3.0, whatever phase this is, has to move on to a different phase. The same way like the status quo was never gonna work uh, in the, on the new PGA Tour, same thing goes for the DP World Tour. They had to, you know, the Strategic Alliance guarantees purses on the, PGA, on the DP World Tour and gives these guys an opportunity to play the way on the PGA Tour when it could have gone away. Like these, these golf tournaments do not have to exist. They could have been greatly diminished. The purses could not have been guaranteed. The, the finances of the DP World Tour have been in question for quite some time and the Ryder Cup makes them a lot of money. I'm, I'm riding pretty hard for Keith in this one, but mo mostly from like a standpoint of like, dude, it, it, I don't see what the other option was. I don't see a way that they could have fought back or done this on their own and succeeded, especially with how the live stuff has gone for them. And uh, that was my reaction to it. I don't know if there's, if you, you know, if there's, if you guys have any, uh, any reaction to the reaction. Yeah. It's a tough spot for him because it's almost like you guys, he doesn't want to, tell you how bleak it's been like no he's you not know like you don't want to they are organizations on life support and so this was like a survival thing it's like you can't really publicize that so he just kind of has to to like you know take it like yeah eat it for on behalf of the tour that's tough it's yeah it's really tough when the other side's argument is like man i wish it was 1996 again it's like, yeah, yeah, dude, me too. Like, I, I don't really know what to tell you, man. Like, I, I wish that, you know, professional golf was equally distributed and we had a bunch of healthy tours that were all kind of like consolidating at the majors and then they would go off and do their own thing and then they'd come back together and then they'd go apart. And like, yeah, I think that makes golf really freaking cool too. But like, that is just not in the calculus. That's not how this is going to work anymore. And yeah, it's just, it's really, really hard when, when one side kind of is like, looking at the financial documents and the sales documents and the landscape of whatever is going on. And the other side is kind of like, yeah, well, I've, you know, I think it's bullshit. Well, yeah. awesome. I don't, I don't really know what to tell you, man. Sorry. <laughs> and, and I think like the, the one thing like he said in the podcast too, is like how hard it is to explain that just to the members, right? Like he, yeah. he had a really hard time just explaining that like to the players and, and, you know, I'm not saying the players need to be CFOs and, you know, figure out all of what's going on and, and they don't need to be like 
these brilliant business minds that figure all this stuff out. I think that's like how we've gotten ourselves into a lot of these problems in the first place. But like it is tough when, you know, when you can't really paint that message to like, like it's tough when that doesn't connect with players. Like I, I get why they're like, well, fuck it. Then I'll just go to live. Like, you know, what are you talking about? Like the money, the options are, are on the table in front of me here. Either I could take the money here or I could, you know, like stick Lives with a great the, option for a lot of these players. Like, right. And that's where it sense. Yeah. And, that, and that's where it's kind of, you know, you know, you got to hand it to him. You do. In, in fact, <laughs> in this situation, have to hand it to him. Uh, yeah. I, I, and then it's, it's tricky. He can probably talk about like 1% of what he knows and what has, you know, what the conversations have been like and what the decision-making part of the process has been like. But like, if you view it through the lens of, what that what is available to DP World Tour players now? Uh, I think that is just the the fact that it's not in doubt is a bigger deal than probably the uh, the detractors w- are willing to admit or acknowledge. So um, it's not perfect. I don't I don't think anyone would say it's perfect. I don't think that the golf that's played on the DP World Tour has especially been interesting. Like candidly, it's just not caught much of any of our attention over the last several weeks, months. That's just kind of probably what the future of it looks like. But what that guy and that team have to do for the membership, it feels like they've accomplished something out of this alliance, even if even if it's not going to serve golf fans. I tried to make that point, and he kind of went quickly into like, hey, well, part of this is like making an entertaining product that you can sell to sponsors. Like, I get it. But also, it's kind of where I've felt for a long time. The PJ Tour has let a lot of golf fans down is players getting paid, sponsors are up in the money. Like, why do we care about the golf fans? And that's what has frustrated a lot of us. But like, I do think that's kind of where the DP World Tour is trending. I don't think the tournaments yeah. are going to get that much more interesting. I know that's a bummer for golf fans, but like, again, the, the, we, it's t- it's maybe years and years of doing this and been beaten down by the process and the ecosystem of learning. Like, we just the fans don't have as big of a seat at the table as we probably like to think we do. And um, sadly, I think it's at times it's just like the answer to that question is like maybe do something different with your time than watch the golf tournament and. Uh, I know I do that at times, and I think that's probably the unfortunate reality of it. Or, or it's—I mean, KVV kind of said this about Australia, right? It, it's at some level, like it kind of almost like the cycle starts back over to where some of the pro golf stuff started in the beginning. It's like, well, you kind of just need your like local companies to step up and yes. and do it, right? Because like that's that's the only way it's going to change is if it's like very beneficial to you know, that local region. And if, if a company, if it ends up making sense, or even if it doesn't end up making sense, if, if a company ends up dedicating the resources to it for some reason, like that's the only, the only way it's going to happen. It's, it's not going to, you know, that's how Genesis, the, the, the co-sanctioned Genesis Scottish open was like, yeah. Genesis is a PJ tour sponsor. Like that's how that happened. Right? right. So there's a benefit from the strategic Alliance. And, um, it, I wish that I hope that there are events in Europe, like designated events in Europe. I want that. I, I think there should be. I said that on the pod too. I wanted that in the UK and Ireland. I think that serves that that part of the golf world is deserves that to see these guys come over and play more than just one or two weeks a year. And I hope that's in the future and in the plans. But man, it's just it's just like again, so the five year ago conversation, six year ago conversation amongst us would sound different than it currently does. But like. We've been pretty beaten down by uh, the realities of pro golf, and like, w- whenever they, it gets to a point where it's like, yeah, I got this great idea, but also, hey, it's going to involve you like losing a lot of money. How often does that idea get pushed through? <laughs> yeah. Like, it just doesn't. Like, the realities of this are sadly it, that money rules a lot of this, and uh, I wish it wasn't always the case. But man, just what, usually the answer is in follow the money. 
But yeah, we're actually going to be heading over to the, the end of the Italian Open uh, to Marco Simone this uh, this past week. Super inspired by the conversation they had with Keith Pelly, <laughs> obviously. But um, we're going to be uh, playing Marco Simone and filming it and going to have a video out, obviously, in advance of the Ryder Cup this year. So uh, the Pie Man and I and Ben are going to make a little trip over to Rome and uh, and check it out this week. I'm very excited to see that. I'm excited to get your ass on the golf course again after the, you know the, the great success of our last Ryder Cup-themed video series. You know, I, I, I'm hungry for another victory. How is your game good? I haven't played golf with you in years. It feels a long time. I don't know if it's good. Um, (laughs) Tim McQuanna right now is so firm that like I shoot like 78 every time and I think I'm kind of playing good, but I just can't stop the ball in the green right now. So I feel like if I get a relatively soft course, I can do something kind of nice, but, Hmm. um, not sharp, not sharp, but, uh, we're going to be doing a little filming out here in LA this uh, you know, in, in Northern California here this week. And uh, so I'm getting a, a couple reps in and we're on our way, but we'll find out, find out more on that when the, when the video comes out. Many people are concerned that there's a little streak going on here because I've gotten you as many times as you've beaten me. Two, this is, two in a row is, is monitoring and three is officially a streak. No doubt. And that, that's weighing deep, deep, deep on my mind. Luckily, I've been, I've been working on a lot of mindfulness stuff. Uh, I haven't been playing a lot of golf, obviously. It's still about 40 40-ish degrees and just gray and rainy uh, up here. And uh, I went out to Bandon Dunes and it was the exact same, which was tough. Uh, so <laughs> I haven't, haven't been playing a lot of uh, a lot of good golf, but I've been getting a ton, ton, ton of mental reps. So, uh, mm-hmm. Neil, I know you're, you're kind of with me on that. We, we, we uh, were out in Scottsdale a couple of weeks ago, saw our, our friends at Vision 54. Uh, Pia and Lynn, I think they got us, got us touched up, to- topped off. On the on the golf mindfulness, so just uh, trying to get I'm, my think box dialed. That's right. Before man. I step into the play box, yeah, and the memory box, of course. Of course, you, the memory. You can't gotta, forget about the memory box. Gotta gotta remember to to uh, leave room for wow. So yeah, I don't know what I don't know what is getting off the plane, ready to meet you, Solly. But I'll I'll see your ass there, and uh, very much looking forward to it. It's gonna be a quick trip. It's gonna be in and out, but it's gonna be uh, a, a lot of fun. So, uh, any housekeeping items we want to clear up before we wrap? Uh, I'll mention we we did a video. Uh, I shouldn't say we did a video. I was in a video uh, that was produced and shot and edited by our, our friends over at Who's by, We? I by did Marion Films right? uh, called Howling into the Rough over on the Yeti uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Yeti partners of ours. I would say inspirational uh, partners of ours. We've watched their films for a really long time. Watched a lot of the films produced by the by Marion team for a really long time, uh, and so it was quite a thrill to uh, be asked to be in one of those with legendary surfer Mick Fanning, who's uh, kind of a new golfer, but was taking a trip over to uh, Lahinch for, I believe, the third time, first time for a golf perspective. So we went and uh, played some golf and I watched him surf. They threatened to make me surf. Luckily, that didn't come to fruition uh, and put together a nice, fun little uh, video about it. So uh, that that was really fun. Go check that out. I uh, got some fun stuff coming, coming soon on the NLU video front. We got a KVV fitting video, uh, which I, I do got to give a special shout out. You guys will see him uh, in this video. But Nick Geyer is a, uh, a fitter at, at Titleist, was the uh, Southern California Golf Association's mid-am champ uh, this past week. Absolute stick. So you can know that when you watch him fit KVV for clubs, he absolutely knows what he's talking about. Uh, so shout out to Nick. That was That was really cool to see. And then we've got some more film rooms coming. We've got some more Huber content coming. I know the people love that. We've got some more office hours coming. Uh, Wolfie is deep in the lab preparing all kinds of shit for uh, Oak Hill and 
PGA Championship. We've got a bunch of US Open stuff coming. So we've, we've got all kinds of stuff. It's it's about to be a content bonanza. It's been a little dry, I know, the last been a little drought the last uh, couple of weeks, but the, the rains are coming, my friends. I would like I'd like to plug a couple things too. First, uh, put Sally in the funk tank uh, on on the uh, April Nest Pod. I thought that was a fantastic conversation uh, you, me, and Cody had. So uh, if you're a Nest member, you can check that out. We're, we're posting those videos on our website now, so you can just go to nolangup.com and and uh, it should be one of the, the recent videos um, in the video section. Uh, if you're not a Nest member, consider signing up. KVV also just wrote a really good Nest column on Jerry Springer. Uh, and what Jerry Springer <laughs> meant to him as a, uh, a a Montana teenager, which I got a real kick out of. Did uh, not see that one coming. That was that was a, <laughs> that was really good. A really good read this morning. I read it this morning. I was loving yeah. it. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, and then events. I think the event season, guys. I think we're bucking on the event side. Uh, we got the NIT's dial. We're gonna we're going to Frisco. Um, you know the Omni. Frisco, the new PGA of America headquarters. Um, that's in November, but there's a ton of opportunities to qualify So for the NIT. So go to events.nolayingup.com to learn more about uh, Roost Majors. Um, and just kind of, I think there's going to be like 28 to 30 events this year, um, all over the US, UK, Canada. So get involved. Awesome. Thank you all for tuning in to an hour and a half podcast about the Mexico Championship, uh, but at Vidanta. Uh, que ridiculo and, uh, son los chicos. Sí, muchas gracias, Icarito. Thank you to you both for being here on a Sunday evening. I look forward to Deej seeing you in Roma here shortly. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, yeah. that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most.